0: Please keep in mind that past performance is not indicative of future performance.
1: Today's episode is part of our financial resilience mission here at Rask Australia.
0: Our mission at Rask is to help build up the financial resilience of every Australian and Kiwi and to do that we need your help. The definition of resilience, according to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, is the capability of a strained body to recover its size and shape after deformation caused especially by compressive stress, or an ability to recover from or adjust easily to misfortune or change.
1: So how does that relate to financial resilience? Financial resilience is all about having the resources and tools that you need to overcome financial setbacks in your life. So what are we doing to achieve this mission?
0: We provide free financial education courses for all Australians at RASC Education.
1: We're also calling on Aussies and Kiwis who have overcome financial challenges and want to inspire others on their journey.
0: If you've paid down 20k of debt or maybe even more, or if you've come back from unemployment, dealt with domestic and financial abuse, even if you've made a million dollars, whatever your financial Everest was or is, we want to hear how you climbed it and how you overcame it. We're also producing high quality financial news and information on our sites at RASC Media, best ETFs in RASC education.
1: We're running an online community that you can join for everyone to share their financial highs and lows with each other because we know how important it is to have a community when you're trying to improve your own personal finances. We're
0: hosting events, or we've hosted events, and we plan to host a lot more, as well as workshops that will help you build your financial skills and connections in the community.
1: And we're also employing individuals at Rask Australia who live by our values and are committed to improving the financial lives of others.
0: So what can you do to help us with this mission? The first thing you can do is volunteer to share your story of overcoming financial challenges and building financial resilience. You can do that and you can share your story with us by using a Google form. You'll see the link in the description for this episode that will take you to a Google form where you can share your details with us.
1: We'd also love if you encouraged your friends, family and colleagues to take one of our free financial courses at Rask Education because that's a great way to help build financial resilience within your community.
0: And finally, please consider joining our Facebook group where you can learn from others, you can share your experiences or your opinion, and you can build connections with other Australians taking control of their financial futures. We'll put a link in the description.
1: So without further ado, here's today's fantastic listener story.
0: Kate Campbell, welcome to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast.
1: Good to be back, Owen.
0: It is indeed. We've got a special guest. Ben, how you going, mate? I'm Well, thank you, guys. Thank you very much for having me today. Yeah, we're stoked to have you because you've written in probably the most comprehensive listener story that we've ever had, and we're hoping you can relive it uh, for us today and hoping that some of our listeners can relate to some of the things that you've been through, some of the strategies you used to get through, some of the things that went wrong, some of the things that went right. Um, And Kate, if someone wants to submit their own listener story, if they want to come on the podcast and try and help others, how can they do that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and so if you are interested in getting involved in sharing your story like Ben and the, the others that we've had uh, previously this year, uh, we've got a Google form in the, the show notes, uh, episode description. So just, it's I think it's five or six questions, fill it in and we'll get in touch because we'd love to share the emotions behind investing in money and everyone's stories because Owen and I can talk about ETFs all day long, but we can't really share the emotional side apart from our own experiences. So it's great to get people like Ben on the show to really um, relive how they overcame different challenges with money, how they maybe changed their mindset, how they um, got out of debt, whatever it is. Um, we'd love to hear it and share it with our audience so thanks again ben for coming on being brave enough to share your story with our listeners and i hope uh gives other people the courage to uh submit their story as well and get involved yeah,
0: awesome. um ben your story related a lot to me uh for many reasons which we've we've spoken about off air um so to set the scene for listeners um you're you were raised by your mother right and you're the older of Two boys. Um tell us a little bit about your childhood and, and kind of um basically just kick the story off for us. Like what was your early interaction with money, birthday presents, those types of things?
2: Uh yeah. So early on, uh obviously, you yeah, coming from a single parent household, um, yeah, mum would do everything she could for us to to provide for us, uh, even as you know, on a lower income as what she was. Um, We'd we'd always have housing or food or clothes and all that sort of stuff, but like obviously, some of those other things in life were you know, we didn't have a lot of whether it would be uh, you know, presents or just you know, just general other things or toys or you know, whatever it might be that uh, holidays, um, you know, we didn't certainly go on a lot of those, a lot of them were you know, uh camping or sort of going to see family a couple of hours away sort of thing and that was sort of I guess counted as a little bit of a break in holiday um so it, it was certainly you yeah, know a bit of a struggle sort of growing up with that sort of stuff um and yeah, know especially when you compare yourself to you know sort of some of the other children around like through school and all sort of stuff and you see what they're going where they're going up to Queensland for theme parks and all that sort of stuff and you know you you don't get to experience that as as much as sort of what some other people are as are getting as well so uh, mm. certainly a little bit difficult with that sort of with those sort of things
0: mm. you told us just before that um you're you're the older brother but you're not born in the calendar year you're not born that far apart right
2: uh no so we're two uh, born on the same day but two years apart yeah, uh, yeah. So, and and it's yeah you know, uh also mid uh December birthday as well. So it was very close to Christmas as yeah. well. So everything was sort of all all grouped into one, really. <laughs> yeah. Or a smallly spread out between the couple of days. Yeah. You, uh, had a,
0: you had a story about when you had a birthday party in McDonald's. Can you relive that for us?
2: Uh, yeah. So uh, we, obviously being brothers and, and of that competitive nature, we, ne- we never wanted to share anything. Uh, so we, and we both wanted to have a, a McDonald's birthday party, uh, but we, you yeah, know, didn't want to, share it with each other so i was both at dinner different times one was lunch one was dinner and then we also refused to have it at the same restaurant so we had to go to one one mcdonald's for one birthday and then one mcdonald's for another birthday it was a you know quite funny sort of thinking back on it that we were all like that and we just couldn't get along and, and share something like that it was be uh, amusing really mm. uh
0: but bo- that's what boys do right like i think it's the same for girls too that you all want to have your own birthday presents and your own birthday parties it all makes sense um so just growing up then like from an early age it seems like you kind of knew that you had to make choices um because money was a limitation right
2: uh yeah i look as i i I, I still probably don't think i had a full understanding i just i I just felt like i knew i had to had to you know work and help out and, and do what i could and you know, um, whether that be you know helping out on a you know a newspaper delivery or uh, magazine deliveries and all that sort of stuff, or, or just going out and getting a job as soon as I could at, at 15. fifteen. Um, I think part of that was just because also the the attitude I saw of my you know not only my mum but also my my father, obviously who I saw uh, reasonably regularly as well. But um, you yeah, know they were always hard workers, so I think that was just sort of I guess one thing that sort of was ground into me just having a hard work at work ethic and going out and getting a job and, and being able to, pro- to provide. And I, I figured I would do that as soon as I possibly could. Um, so yeah. that was sort of how I sort of started off with that there. You said to us just
0: before that you had to make a trade-off, um, something that you had to give up so your brother could get something.
2: Uh, yeah. So we uh, had a, when I was 10 or 12, I, I had the opportunity to go on a, a school trip up to Canberra, um, but I thought at, at the time uh, we also needed to get my brother some glasses um, for reading and, and and other bits and pieces to help him out. And it was a, a choice where we just we couldn't do both. Yeah, Mum you know, didn't have the, the resources to be able to do both, uh, so I made the choice then and there sort of, to give up that um, trip to Canberra, uh, which I was you know sort of looking forward to and. and and wanted to do, and and then just to help out my brother, so he could have his have his glasses, and, and you know, I've, I felt like that. I initially, I think, I, just, I felt like that was the better thing to do. Um You know, I'd sacrifice a little to to give something else to my brother, so I could help out the family. I guess
1: mm. Mm. they're pretty tough choices for a kid to have to make, especially when you're younger and you might not understand the full financial picture of your parents as well.
2: Yeah, certainly. Yeah, I guess. I Felt like a, a little bit of a pressure was on me, I guess. I, I'm I, this is a while ago now, so but I could it was certainly, you know, something I don't know why exactly I did it at the time. I just, I just felt like it was the right decision to do, so yeah. I think it's just something that sort of just come naturally naturally to me, I guess, at the time, just sort of to sort of, you know, being the more sort of caring type I am rather than you know, someone that, yeah, I guess, yeah. Mm. Did,
0: at the time, mate, did, did you pick up so you said before that? both your parents were quite hard workers did you pick up any other type of from a young age maybe not necessarily like that age but right up and say till you're in your teenage years did you pick up anything from your parents with regards to like money or work ethic like was there anything else did they try and teach you about spending money wisely or budgeting or saving or anything like that
2: uh i think that was probably one thing that sort of i had a a few struggles with like they from My mum, there's a, a few conversations around finances and all that sort of stuff. Uh, not so much from my dad's side of things, he wasn't too open w- with those sort of things. Um, mm. uh, you know, certainly mum would do everything in her you know, power to try, you yeah, know, because obviously she'd gone through and she'd struggled and had a low paying job where she couldn't be able to, you know, provide everything for you know, her children. And um, so she tried to teach me all the right things to do, but I think also just because of um, you know, viewing the behaviors of, you know, even things like, uh, her, yeah, who are getting a credit card at, at some stage and to, to look at, you know, being able to provide, um, you she always had the cut the expenses covered, but it was those little small things like gifts and all that sort of stuff that I think she put, you know, she's putting on the credit card. And I think those sort of behaviors, sort of visually seeing those as much as like, she could teach me try to what to do with money in regards to budgeting and all that sort of stuff, it was sort of. When you see those sort of things, actions, yeah, that's sort of what you follow more than what you're actually sort of being taught, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's sort of hard to you know follow what someone's trying to teach you if they're behaving differently, I guess.
0: Yeah, it is. Um, how about then in your teenage years, um, you said you said to us before that you know that you basically thought that you had to get a job as soon as you did. What was the job?
2: Uh, I worked uh, at McDonald's. So uh, started off just as doing the fries and worked my way through to the different stations at the time. And yeah, we, uh, and then, yeah, I just did end up doing a bit of everything there. And yeah, I worked uh, on the grill, registers, all that sort of stuff. Um, it was just something I was, I, was, I was pretty proud of to have a job and, and, Get that work, I guess, going and, and also being able to have money for myself, I guess, that and yeah, you know, to all of a sudden be able to, to buy things for myself. And that's a, the mindset that I had, which was probably the wrong mindset at the time, that all of a sudden I had this money that I could buy things with uh, rather than thinking about sort of the future and, and what I should be doing with that sort of with my money and my finances.
1: Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty exciting as a teenager to suddenly have your first part time job and have whatever. I, I think I've probably had like $50 income a week, but that was the most exciting thing ever.
2: Yeah, that no, was certainly good. When we were earning, yeah, I was, you know, I'd have a you know couple hundred dollars a week. So I was, you know, because I'd work as many hours as I possibly could. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd go to school, I'd you know, then I'd go work from 4 to 8 or 8 to 11 at night sort of thing. I was doing, you know, closing at the time. So I was working late at night and having to get up for school and, mm-hmm. I'd, you know, I think at early days there, I was also doing a newspaper run in the morning to help out my mum that she was delivering newspapers in a vehicle and I'd drive around it so sort I of would get up at 4am and go drive around it before school and go deliver the newspapers and throw them out the window onto the lawn and, and then go to school and then go to do my other job and it was a fun time really. It was an <laughs> interesting time. <laughs> How did you cope,
0: mate? How did you cope like so I'm I I, we, I said to you there are a lot of parallels when we spoke the other day. Yeah. I I found it pretty tough to go through high school and try and work five shifts a week. I was working at a supermarket, you were working at Maccas. How, how did you like that you're working late you're getting up early you want to try and feel like you're getting somewhere with your studies too no doubt like did you feel a lot of pressure uh
2: not so much i think i, I when it comes to i guess my education I, I i probably put a little bit of a backseat to that um thankfully I'll, i was able to sort of get by without a lot of study which i th- Uh, I I guess I didn't place the priority on the education. I think it was more on the the money and the finances side. So I'd sort of, even though I was tired and all that sort of stuff, I'd I'd be more focused on earning money than the education. I sort of, I didn't do a lot of study. So probably if it did affect my grades and all that sort of stuff, but from where I was looking at going in regards to further on life, I guess at the time, which was probably a bit inconsequential that I didn't really think about too much. I, I didn't feel like I needed to get a high enter score coming out of high school and, uh, I could get by just doing the, the minimal I could, I guess, and and still get by pretty well.
0: Yeah. Did you? Okay.
1: Oh, <laughs> no, I was just wondering if um your approach to work and study and money sort of evolved once you graduated high school and uh, whether you went to uni or trades. How did that um start to change?
2: Uh so yeah, Australia high school, I I, I made the decision to go to uni because I thought it was the right thing to do at the time. As um as we sort of discussed off before, we I was all I was the first to really sort of do uni in my family and, and get to that step. and I just felt like I was, I guess I felt like I had the responsibility to try to change things within that sort of family history dynamic mm-hmm. and, and moving forward and everything. Um, so I just you know, made that step to go to uni, which I in the end was probably the, the wrong decision just because that uni lifestyle, because I, I didn't have that um, study mindset, I guess, set in through high school. Uh, once I got into uni where it was a lot more sort of self-reliant learning, um, I found it a lot more difficult to sort of get on board and, and get into that um, habit of studying and all that sort of stuff. And I was still trying to work outside of that. And I guess I found that had some struggles with it and found it quite difficult. So I ended up having to make the decision to to leave uni quite early, and um, mainly because also if I didn't make the decision there and then, I would have been lumped with... Uh, you know, having to pay for the semester, which was about sort of $7,000 at the time. And I just felt like that was a smart decision to sort of, because I knew I'd probably struggle anyway if I tried to stick it out for a year or so to, yeah, that would end up in, you know, $14,000 paying for a year, whereas I couldn't, leave then and pay the $400. I, I just feel like that was probably the better decision even looking back on it now because it's it's not something that would have suited me in the end and the actual degree I was doing looking back on it wasn't leading me anywhere anyway. It's sort of a pathway to degree at the time. So uh, I, I think I yeah, ended up making the right decision there, I think.
0: Didn't you, um, based on what you've written to us, didn't you incur some costs at this time though? Like didn't you... Um. Is this where you kind of got involved in debt? Was it around now?
2: Uh, yeah. So uh, for to, to to cover those initial outlay expenses for uni because um you know we only had an old computer at the stage, an old desktop computer with uh, Windows 95 on it and, <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> um, so it was you know it wasn't up to standard. Um so that had to require an upgrade. And obviously there was some you know uh, textbook expenses and other bits and pieces that needed to be covered for the cost of uni, which um, I was, you know, I didn't save any money, unfortunately, um, through those first early years of working. And um, so that sort of had to be an upfront expense, which I wasn't able to get a loan from, from parents or anything like that. So I had to go to the banks and, Rather than give me a loan, um, they end up giving me a credit card with obviously a much higher interest rate, which uh, set me back a fair bit. Mm -hmm. But yeah, certainly um, that's where I sort of my I guess my debt cycle started basically from the age of eighteen and uh, sort of things. You know, after getting those expenses for uni and then sort of paying a little bit off, I'd quickly maxed out the credit card to all of a sudden I was you know three and a half thousand dollars in the hole and in a bit of debt and um that's sort of spiraled out from there so shortly after I'd left uni I um had an accident with my car and my car was written off and it was a you know just a little junk run around sort of the time that I'd, I'd been given to my own birth given to me uh, on my birthday by my my, my old man and Um, So it was only worth about sort of $1,300 to the insurance companies and there wasn't much I could sort of get from there. So to be able to get another vehicle because obviously I was working and had other um, responsibilities going on where I needed a a car to get around and everything, um, I ended up having to go get another loan, I guess, um, which I ended up having to get through uh, a different finance company, which once again, rather than through the banks, it was a higher interest rate and it sort of, you know, I even on that initial loan, I, I made the decision to sort of consolidate my credit card debt there that I had at the time and uh, put that on the loan. Uh, but I didn't make the right decision. The fact that I didn't cut up the credit card, I should like I should have and closed it and and kept that and then decided all of a sudden that I guess I had this money again that I could spend because <laughs> um, that's unfortunately what my mindset was at the time and you know convinced myself that I needed to go buy some new golf clubs and. I you know, had to go get the, the exhaust and the stereo and the wheels to the car and put all that sort of stuff on there. Um, that was just a lot of not great decisions just because I'd, you know, do at spending habits, even though I was being taught the right things. Um, I just didn't have that, those habits built in, I guess.
0: Mm. And you would have, um, it's funny how the world works, isn't it, that the finance world anyway, that they won't give you a loan, but they'll give you a credit card. Because you're risky, you pay more, and you it puts you in a worse position. Um, it's yeah, it's one of those things that always kind of amaz- amazes me. Um, how about like the social pressures and trying to keep up with what your mates were doing? Like, I think most young guys um, in your situation would be thinking, "Oh yeah, I'll get a flashy car. It's it's going to make me feel good. I want to go out and be with the boys and go on to do things on the weekend and and all that type of stuff." Um, how did you cope with like social pressure? Uh,
2: look, it was, it was very difficult. I, um, I just, I, I felt like I had to, you know, to to be part of that sort of social group. I had to make sure that I was doing everything with them or, or going out, and and I just, I guess, I felt like if I didn't do those sort of things, I'd get left behind, and then i would lose those friendships, which, you yeah, know, looking back on it is just absolutely stupid because you know that sort of those, yeah, those friends that are there for you, the wives are gonna be there through thick and thin with you. And um, yeah, I just felt I, I guess I, there's a lot of pressure to make sure that I was still going out and um drinking with the you know, have, have nights out with the boys or whatever it might be, or um as I said, yeah, buying a, a new vehicle, like one of the vehicles I purchased after the second one was a, was an upgrade to a vehicle just because uh, people around me were buying new vehicles, so I figured, oh, I I, might as well, I should do it as well. And that was, yeah, some further debt that I ended up getting myself into, just because uh, I guess I felt like I had to keep up, and then felt, yeah, I had that pressure, and know yeah, had decided that that would be the way to go. And yeah, what's another loan to go with the other ones I've got there? Yeah, yeah. I'm paying things off already. Like why not pay some more off? I guess. <laughs> how much?
0: How much debt were you in, and how old, roughly? How old were you at this time?
2: Uh so the maximum amount of debt I was in uh was uh about forty-five thousand dollars worth of debt. Yeah, sure. Um and then that I think I was maybe at twenty-six at the time, I think I was, was that sort of maximum period, maybe twenty-eight. Yeah. Um so it was it just it was just a built building cycle of where I Get a loan. Or I'd get a credit card, and then I'd you know pay those things off, or I'd pay the credit card off, and I'd think I'd do the right thing by consolidating products, but then not cancelling cards, and uh, it's just a, a vicious cycle that I, I found myself in that just sort of just kept getting worse and worse and worse, and it was yeah you know, certainly a, a lot of struggles, and uh, it was very difficult to deal with at times. Mm. Um,
1: so, what was the turning point for you? Like, once you hit that maximum level of debt, was that when? Was there a moment when you decided, "Hey, I want to change direction. I don't want to keep growing this pile of debt."
2: Uh, I think it was. Uh, uh, so there was a period of time where I uh, moved uh, uh, back down to uh, my hometown in Ballaratra to go work down there for a while, and I had to. Um, all of a sudden, you know, I wasn't living with mum anymore and I had to worry about, you know, yeah. buying all my own food and all those sort of other expenses and all of a sudden thinking about splitting phone bills and gas bills and electricity bills. and um, So that was, I guess, a, a bit of the sort of turnarounds there where all of a sudden I realised that you'd have these extra expenses in life, to, that there wasn't always someone there to cover for you and all that sort of stuff. And um, I was shortly after I moved back down to Melbourne and, um uh, my mum at the time ended up having to move into government housing um uh, because we didn't know what I was going to do with workers. I was in a company and a and a role that you know could have meant that I'd change locations again um without sort of too much notice. And mum was just unable to cover the rent of uh, the house we're living in at the time uh by herself. Uh so she, she um ended up moving into the, the housing. Um, which helped her out a little bit, obviously making it be more financially better for her. Um, and then, obviously, that was only a small one-bedroom place, so it's not where I was able to, you know, move back in with her. I had to go, you know, live off my own. So I took over the place that we were leasing in and um, brought in a couple of housemates to try to help cover those expenses. Uh, but I would, I'd find myself struggling um, through not being able to just. Budget the money correctly and hold off, you know, rental payments and make sure that the money was sitting aside. So then, you know, come that when it was due in that month, I'd have it all sitting there. I'd I'd go off and sort of spend a little bit of going, Oh, cover it from next week's pay. And, you know, I I can do this because I can cover it from next week's pay and it'll be all right. And you get down to that week of the month where you've got to pay rent, and all of a sudden, you know, 70% of the wage is going to go off on your rental expenses because you've spent the money that should have been left aside. Uh, so I, after a while of doing that, I, I just felt, I uh, guess, overwhelmed, stressed, a whole bit of anxiety, instead sort of leaving me down, sort of, I guess, down a, a dark path. I guess in, in feeling a bit of you know depression and anxiety and, and stress. Um, ben,
0: Ben, on that, did you feel that? Do you feel a responsibility for your mum?
2: Um, in terms of looking after you, even, that yeah, sort of stuff?
0: like financially.
2: Um, I, I feel like. I guess I've always felt like there there would be a time where I would have to have some level of responsibility as she got older and obviously was no longer able to work and all those sort of things. And there'd be a time where I I might have to step up to the plate and um to to have to be able to provide with a big care or anything I could for, her, I guess. Um, hmm. um so at the time my my younger brother wasn't um really working or in, in sort of consistent jobs so I, I felt like i had to be the one to sort of step up and, and have, a, have those responsibilities as well i guess
0: mm. so sorry i didn't uh, i just i wanted just to touch double double click on that but um what happened next so you're in the house um you've basically like you're helping her but you're also trying to pay for your own house but you're kind of falling behind on rent and it's um a lot of stress and anxiety what happened next
2: uh yeah so from there i just i, I just i felt like i had to do to do something, so I ended up um, to get out of it, and I, I looked around, and uh, the only sort of place I could find that I, I felt like that made sense to me at time was to to join up um, with a company called My Budget, who would obviously you know help take control of my money and finances, and 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 spread that sort of load around. Um, and I think that was the probably the one of the first real sort of i guess adult smart decisions that i've ever made and you know there's a high high financial cost to it um in regards to setting it up and having um like yeah a fee to get that service provided um i just didn't feel like i had the self-control to be able to do that myself even though i, I could sit down and i could write a detailed budget about what i need to Save each week, or what I needed to put aside, and and you know work out my expenses and all that sort of stuff. I just didn't have the controls to be able to to leave that money there. So I, I needed to put that into someone else's hands, um, and I I ended up doing that um, with this service, and uh, it certainly I guess got me on the right path in terms of um, you know being able to start getting out of the hole that I was in and, and move forward. And because all of a sudden my expenses were covered, and I'd only have. X amount of money that I could touch. And, and even if I did continue spending ways that I, I knew all my bills were at least handled, at least. Um, so those sort of things were having were it sort of made things you know, a lot lighter. Mm.
0: Um, there was a point around here where um, when you wrote into us, you said that there's a point around here where um, a friend loaned you some money. And,
2: uh, yeah. Is that right? And uh,
0: yeah, go on. I'll let you tell.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I obviously had, uh, you know, a few credit cards still that were sitting there that were being paid off as, as part of this uh, budgeting plan and and um, I was very, very grateful. In fact, that I, that I had a friend that obviously who had um, done pretty well for himself in, in regards to setting up his own business and and had some resources there that, um, you know, we sort of sat down and were having a chat and he sort of offered to... Uh, Pay, essentially, pay the amounts of what my credit cards were at the time to pay them off, um, to to save on paying the credit card interest, um, mm. and then um, he was, uh, I would then have to just pay him back that amount plus a, a small interest amount because um, you know it was, it was, he said it was just like uh, money that he was taking out of his offset offset account on his home loan, so therefore that he would have a, a small few extra bits of interest that he was paying to help cover me out sort of thing while I was paying him back over that sort of period of time. So I yeah. think it took roughly a year or so to pay him back um, with, with the small amounts that we agreed that would, would pay him back at the time. So it was a bit of a stressful situation because, you know, loaning money or friends, especially that amount of money, it wasn't, it wasn't 20 bucks. It was we're talking about a few grand. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, you know, I, I certainly personally didn't want to let him down and, and uh, made sure that I, I made that a priority to, to pay him back and, like that was um, when I rang up the people that looked after my mate at the time, I, I sort of said, you know, this is my number one priority. Like there's rent, there's this, and then there's everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, no matter what's going on with my finances, this has to be paid. So it was, Yeah, yeah I, I'll be forever grateful for him to be able to say, save me that amount on on like interest and all those sort of things as well. How did you, how
0: did you feel once you, I know we're skipping down the track a bit, but yeah. just quickly, how did you feel when you paid him back?
2: Uh relieved um i, I guess uh, grateful again um and i i just yeah i was i was just very grateful to him like he's yeah one of my best ways and still is to this day and um to be able to you know have you help me out like that it was just you know um very good but also just felt relieved that that i guess onus of responsibility was done and dusted that I, I didn't have to worry about that anymore and that sort of took a, a bit of a load off the shoulders as well mm. uh, because, I, you know, I, I know that those sort of things financially sometimes between friendships, if they go the wrong way can yeah. cause a lot of drama, uh, drama and mm. all that sort of stuff. And I just didn't want to put that pressure on. Like uh, another example is I, I had another mate at, like, before I uh, joined up with this other service where he offered to basically go, right, you pay me all your money, I'll create the budget plan for you and I'll give you what you can spend. Um, but I, you know, I just didn't want to put our friendship under that kind of pressure. Mm-hmm. If of going, or if one of us, all of a sudden, you know, has an argument or a fight, then you know what happens there. And I just didn't want to put that out of pressure on. So it was very, very difficult to deal with that sort of stuff. I guess personally, on the, on those responsibility things, for sure. Yeah, for
1: sure. and and if we fast forward today, how are How are your finances looking now? How has your approach towards money and your own your mindset changed?
2: Uh it's a, a lot has changed now. I, I fast forwarding to today. Obviously, uh, I am now debt free for the first time in. That's amazing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I was went into debt for the first time at eighteen, and and I only just sort of had that uh, loan paid off uh, now at the start of this year. So basically, you know, sixteen years later on. Um, so so half your life? life, yeah, pretty much half my life I'd been in debt, and uh, it's just an absolute relief to to be out of debt and um look I've still got a lot of lessons I'm learning but I feel like I've made a lot of changes and um yeah going through uh the first COVID lockdown actually sort of helped get me on that path mm-hmm. um in regards to getting those sort of you know changes happening and all of a sudden I had a bit of time on my hand and I decided I wanted to I guess go take up a bit of reading which I didn't do a lot of when I was younger but decided that would be a good idea and um, went and bought a couple of books um, that I knew of that were just fairly well-known in uh, one of them being uh, Mark Manson's book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving out Stuff, which is a clean version of the title. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <That's> a good <laughs> book. Uh, it is. It's an excellent book. Um, what did you learn? Also, Can
0: I ask what you learned from that?
2: Uh, I guess uh, the, the biggest lesson I sort of took out of that um, from the quick read through I, I, it's just to, you know, control you can only control how you react to things like there's a lot of situations in life that are totally out of your control and um, you can only control how you sort of you know how you react to those things and you know you you make the circumstances you know better or worse by how you react to those those sort of things i think was probably the biggest key i took out of that
0: mm. and how about the other book that you bought i know you bought at least one more
2: yeah, so the other one was obviously, you know, uh, one that's been uh, mentioned a few times, and one of the most sort of, uh, I guess, every almost every Australian dread by the amount of book sales there is, uh, being that the barefoot barefoot investor, yeah. um, and just obviously got through reading that. I think I knocked it over in about two nights, uh, reading through it the first time, and and then I went through it again afterwards to sort of slowly put sort of some of those steps in place. But I guess reading through it just sort of re-sparked sort of some of those things that I'd. Yeah, you know, i would learned a lot of these things throughout my life in high school like I, I took part in you know the asx share market games and all those things in high school and and learned about you know business decisions and, and compound interest and all those sort of things i guess i just I, I don't know whether it was just the the mindset at the time that didn't allow me to be able to uh, take those things in and learn the, the lessons from them or even it's the life experiences of Um, you know, experienced the negative effects of compound interest being the the interest from the credit cards and the loans and all that sort of stuff, uh, I guess, you know, didn't make me feel like there's something to to work with. But once I started reading the Barefoot Investor, it just sort of sparked that interest again in learning sort of some of those things and very quickly put forward to... um, Changing things and changing how I sort of do things, and and making sure I, you know, pay myself some savings first, and and looking towards actually saving and and developing some of those better habits, and, and trying to develop a little bit more self control around what I do with my money.
0: There's one thing that I'd like to double click into again, which is um, during COVID, you made a decision with your your money. Um, just if you could just summarise that real quick, and where you got that, I didn't necessarily advice from, but like. Um, whether that was a good or bad decision?
2: Uh, sorry, in regards to uh, the...
0: Making the decision with Super that you mentioned in your... Uh,
2: yes, oh, sorry, yeah, I, I totally forgot about that right now. Um, I, I'd, uh, you know, when COVID first hit, obviously, and then I, I was um, looking at a few bits and pieces and then looking at the news and seeing the financial markets crashing down and, and seeing how much they dropped. I'd... I'd um. I yeah, ended up changing my super around um, to what was just, you know, I think even then it's still the wrong thing, but just the, the balanced sort of default option that uh, you get put into with most super funds unless you sort of change it yourself. Um, and then, you know, listen to the de- advice of uh, – some older people in life, one in particular, unfortunately, me all at the time and, you know, telling me, oh, yeah, you've got to get out of the high risky stuff. It's, yeah, you don't want to be in shares, you've got to be in cash and, you know, it's, everything's crashing and all that sort of stuff. And, um, which sort of ended up, yeah, with a quick recovery of the markets we have with COVID. And then, I, I and because I didn't even get onto this path until probably the the early parts of the recovery, with, uh, reading The Barefoot Investor and all that sort of stuff in, and and listening to those things. about you know, even the time horizons of how much time I actually still had left to recover, even though if there was a crash. Um, by the time I switched it back to a higher growth option, I'd, I'd missed out on, I think, about 50% of the recovery. So I think I've cost myself at least, you know, in the short term, at least 10 grand, not, alone, not even counting the compounding effects over the next 20 or 30 years, uh, eventually how much of that recovery I sort of missed out. Um, and even reflecting on I think it's quite funny because obviously I was working through the GFC and I, I didn't do anything. Then. I just left it. I, I, I left hmm. it in that sort of balanced default because I resist, you know, I, I was being told back then, like, yeah, the market's crashing, you've got to get out, you got to put in the cash, you got to be in low risk. And I'm like, no, I've got plenty of time, you will be right. And for whatever reason, I decided to to finally give in and, and listen to that advice, which was in hindsight, obviously, the, the probably the wrong thing to do, but just because of the, the quickness of the recovery. and um it was you know a learning experience I've learned that lesson now so I guess I'll take that on board and I can and move forward that with with future endeavors I guess
1: mm. yeah I think that's the most important thing just learning and like there's no point regretting what you did now like that will just hold you back you just want to learn from it and move forward and I just wanted to read out one thing that you put in your response which I thought was really good in your sort of like number one thing you wanted to leave people and you said you can teach an old dog new tricks and most importantly it's never too late to make a change um to put things in perspective even though i've been in debt for the better part of half my life i've got still over half my life to uh, make up for that so there's still a long way to go and i thought that was a really important thing to leave people with
2: as well Mm. yeah definitely i think yeah it was just it's as and changing perspective and mindset, I think has probably been the one biggest thing that has, that's helped me through this and, and hopefully get me onto that right path. So once you've got that sort of you know changed mindset, I think you can, you know, make strides and you know see things, see the world in a new way and, and it can open up new possibilities to you. Ben,
0: if you could go back to your younger self, like when you were going to uni and you're about and you, you ended up getting that, I think it was three and a half grand. Uh, credit card what are some of the what's one or two of the things that you would have definitely said to yourself and and how would you have convinced yourself then to make certain choices in life when it comes to money
2: um uh, i I don't know if i could even convince myself now because i'm still i'm still far from perfect and still learning and uh and what i'm now now i may not necessarily be able to I guess, elaborate on that um, to my younger self. Um, I was a very sort of stubborn back then. You know, if I wanted something, I'd just go do it. Um, <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, would you
0: say pick up the Barefoot Investor Book or go uh, listen to this or, you know, anything like that? Or another way to answer the question might be if you have kids in a few years or whatever, what would you teach them about money?
2: Uh, look, I think I'd just, you know, obviously highlight the importance of, uh, sort of some of the decisions you make around there and, and what can be done with money, I guess, and and really put an emphasis on, you know, the returns of compound interest and, and putting your money to work. Um, I think another book that I read recently was, you know, The Richest Man of Babylon. So a lot of these principles have been around for a long time and they're very basic, but they're very um, important, I think, to sort of take, take in place in terms of, you know, paying yourself first, make sure you, you know, it's your money that you earn. Make sure you put some aside to save for yourself and and don't put it all out there and um, you know, don't live on live beyond your means. And I think, you know, if you can do those sort of small few things, then you can get a, a lot a lot further in life, I guess.
0: Mm. The richest man in Babylon has got to be probably I uh, I mean, I know we love the barefoot investor, but I'd say it's probably the best book on budgeting ever written. And the fact that it was written on some stones thousands of years ago um, really tells you something about how important those principles are, right? I feel like every Uh, other budgeting book since then has just copied (laughs) what's written on those stones.
2: Yeah, I think so. I I, I was reading through it. I'm like, well, hang on. I've, I've I've been listening to this stuff for years. So obviously, they're you know they're just copying what's in this book and, and what's been you know written on those stones prior. And uh, as I said, I think the concept of a good financial setup and everything has been around for so long. It's just a case of whether you're just, I guess, willing and prepared to listen to it and have that mindset to, to take that in. I guess.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Awesome, mate. Kate, have you got any other questions for Ben?
1: I think we've we've covered a lot of ground here, and I think there's a lot of really good takeaways for people to. That- take from Ben's story. So I hope if you are listening, you, um, you're you able to take something away from it. And if you want to share your own story, definitely get involved and um, find the link in the show notes as well.
0: Yeah. And you can continue the conversation by jumping into the uh, Rask Australia Facebook group where you can talk about some of um, maybe even what Ben went through and see how you relate to it. Um, I think that's a great place to kind of get involved and just share maybe some of the questions that you might have about money and We'll put all of the resources to the books that Ben has mentioned in the show notes. They're three fantastic books: you got *The Richest Man in Babylon*, *The Barefoot Investor*, and *The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F*. Um, that's the, the, if you just took those three books on board. Um, the sooner, the better, really. Um, so, Ben, mate, it's really brave to come on the show and, and talk, you know, with us, um, complete strangers, about money. So, we really, really appreciate you taking the time.
2: No, thank you very much for having me, guys. It's, uh, you know, obviously been a, a very good experience and I think just almost liberating in a way to sort of get out there and, and, mm-hmm. and sort of share my story and, um, you know, reflect back on some of those things now even as we converse about it. And, you know, I think I've had a few different viewpoints on things even over the last couple of days since we originally sort of were chatting off air and it's, it's been a good experience. So thank you very much for having me and, and letting me be a part of the show. I really appreciate it. very so mate.
1: much, Ben.
0: Yeah, Kate, as always, thanks for taking some time to join me.
1: Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast, where our mission is to improve the financial futures of all Australians. If you'd like to learn more, create a free account at rusk.com.au forward slash account to download free episode workbooks, bonus resources, and take our amazing free personal finance courses.
0: You can also join our online community by following the link in the description.